the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the show that was listened to by Wanderers fans in six different continents last week. Antarctica, where are you? Let's be having you. And coming up on your globally recognised buff, we hear from Owen Toll on his first call-up for Northern Ireland. We talk promotion chances with Ian Ever as Bolton go into the final ten games in League One. We bring back Barry Knight from the dead in an Ipswich preview special. Asterix, he's not dead. And we've got a Wembley song to play us out from the Brahms of buff Simon Woods. But first, it's Mad Mad March. And we've got a special treat for you on subscriptions to the Bolton News for £3. You get your first three months of access to unlimited articles, especially our Wanderers stuff and crucially that will include our exclusive interviews around the Papa John's Trophy final I've already got five in the bag there's more lined up this week as well our cup final supplement is due out on Saturday April the 1st it's going to be a stonker and I'm not even joking I know it's April 1st in print you can buy it in real newspaper form make sure you grab one of those but if you can't the only way you're going to be able to read those articles is by subscribing to the Bolton News. We're also giving you a massive 20% off an annual subscription, so a whole year comes to just £41.60. Uh, you heard this recommendation from me before, but there's an ad-free website and an app. Uh, it's downloadable copies of the paper for your phone. There's puzzles, reader's offers. It's all of the wondrous stuff that we've done since this subscription thing kicked off. Um, and a lot of that reads as fresh as a daisy to this very day. That's the sales pitch done. All you've got to do is go to theboltnews.co.uk backslash subscribe and help your local newspaper bring you the latest Bolton Wanderers stuff every single day. Right, it's time to introduce my co-host for this podcast and a man who it's just occurred to me might, as a result of recording, miss out on a ticket to Wembley. It's Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Don't worry, Mark. We're recording this at quarter to ten. I am in the queue, 236th in the queue. So I'm pretty confident, although knowing the Bolton ticketing system, (laughs) it's out at any point. So, you know, this podcast could take a turn for the worst, but we're hopefully going to get the tickets and I will be there. I mean, let's face it, there's 20,000 left. So even if we get kicked out, I'm pretty confident. We are live podcasting from the Ticketmaster queue. I'm going to say it. This is the first podcast to ever do that. Yes, especially waiting for Bolton Wanderers tickets um, <laughs> at Wembley. I can safely say that. But um, no, I've got I've got everything. Got my got my wallet next to me just in case. I think my details are saved on the website. Don't know one check into that. I don't want any <laughs> any fraud. But uh, I've got the wallet just in case, so I shouldn't need to move. But we'll wait and see. Well. 
There we go. If we have to, uh, if if this podcast finishes with Henry in tears and and <laughs> with an appeal for anybody that's got a spare, then don't be surprised, ladies and gents. It might it might well happen. Um, should we start on a? I'm not sure whether it's a low note. Come and go with this one because the performance itself, Morecambe nil nil. Everybody was kind of expecting this result. If you ask me, the build up to the game was all about oh, Morecambe's home form. This isn't an easy one. You know, if, if we don't win this, the season's over, say the gloom mongers. But it was a frustrating day. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I wasn't there, but I got to watch the second half while watching, uh, while walking around Ikea with my in-laws. Um, <laughs> As all so... the best football matches are concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it's... I think at the moment, you know, we, we went through the, the highs of, of winning all them games in a row. We beat Peterborough 5-0, uh, Milton Keynes, Dons 5-0. And now we just kind of hit a bit of a lull, which, you know, there's there's many reasons why it, it could be there. It could be because of fatigue. It could be mental fatigue. It could be excitement for Wembley. Um, you know, who knows? But, yeah, I think uh, the, the Markham result... I just think as well, because of um, when we go to these small grounds and we fill out the away ends, Bolton fans still naturally believe that we're going to walk these teams over when statistically uh, we we don't tend to do that. Even of this season when we beat an Accrington and Fleetwood, it's been late goals. So, uh, yeah, there's still that element of with, you know, the, the mighty Bolton Wanderers are going to come into your town and, and, and wipe the floor with you. It doesn't happen. Um, well, I mean, credit to Markham. They definitely they defended very well and they, they limited us to a few, only a few chances. I mean, Derek Adams said they were the better side. Uh, do I agree? No, I don't agree at all. But uh, they were a better side than I was probably giving them credit for. They played more football than I gave them credit for, certainly in the first half. I think if you look at what both teams would have wanted out of the game, Bolton wanted to win and Markham mm. wanted to straight Bolton and try and get something so in that sense yeah they probably were the better team because they got the better result but yeah in terms of possession in terms of play uh, I thought it was probably Bolton but then you know it's what's the point if you're not winning you know you might as well win and not be the better team but yeah, um, but yeah I, I thought they, they, they yeah they had, they had where they've, uh, they did well well I mean you wouldn't have seen the first half I suppose because uh, you were too no. busy walking around your getting your billies and your poangs and your kalaxes or whatever else they, they sell there or uh, eating the Swedish meatballs. Um, yeah. Which, I, I by the way, you can't go to Ikea without getting some of them bad boys. That's absolute, that's, that's, if Sweden did anything for the whole world, Vikings, anything else, uh, it was those meatballs. They're great. Anyway, I diverse. Uh, <laughs> I digress, rather. Um, yeah, first half, I thought they they did attack a lot more than I was going uh, was expecting, rather, of Morecambe. Um Created a couple of good chances, although Shortier's, uh chance was definitely the best of the lot. Bolton should have been 1-0 up. And it's those type of games where you miss an early chance like that and you just know you're going to be talking about that again by the end of the game because it just felt like a bit of a, well, there's your big chance gone. And second half, once Morecambe had pretty much decided a point was good enough for them, they were camped in and there was no getting through them. I think, you know, Bolton... Lacking a bit of 
physique potentially somebody to to maybe go a bit more direct obviously Bud Varson's been out for a while Adebayejo's injured uh, and, and Cameron Jerome was injured as well so they they did lack that they had to try and play their way through a complete wall of players in effect they just ran out of space yeah I'd say that um, it, it just looks like I think it's when it's a small pitch as well I, I don't think it helps because you don't get that space you, you know whereas at the the uh, uni ball you that's probably why they've scored so many late goals is because they find that little bit of space when they need to mm. uh, whereas it's it's obviously difficult these smaller grounds and um and yeah but you know it's it was one of those things i mean in the end going off the results that day i know there's been more results on tuesday it wasn't the worst result and i think for bolton our main concern now is I, because I think probably automatics are gone. If we win our next two games, they might be back on, but I think at the moment they're gone. Uh, so the the main focus is to try and finish in the playoffs and these points at places like that. And I think that's what Ian Everett said after the game. He said it, it could end up being like a, a good point for us and we haven't lost. So I guess at this stage, you, you can't complain too much as long as we're in the top six. Well, that's exciting. I think at Pompey on the Tuesday night, I... I think you'd have been a pretty brave man to say Pompey didn't deserve something out of the game. But I think having conceded the goal, I can't remember how long before the end, it was about 10 minutes before the end, the first Pompey goal, mm. as an equaliser, you give me a point then, and that would be a good point. If they'd have just protected that point, then I, I think it would have been quite a positive one given the, the fatigue and the, the schedule they'd been on. Uh, the fact that they came out of that with a clean sheet, they had to defend quite well at times. Santos certainly made a couple of really good uh, clearances in front of his own goal. I don't think Trafford had a lot of saves to make, but you know there was a look, there was a fair amount of pressure on there at times. So I think probably you know we'll we'll see how good a point that is by the end of the season. I suppose see where Bolton finish up. But as you mentioned there in midweek, the results did not go for Bolton. Everybody seemed to win with the exception of Derby. So it was, well, well the pressure's on really because the, the gap between Wickham in particular in seventh and Bolton is is now, is it six points? Yeah. Um, so they can make it up, albeit they're going to have to rely on better in goal difference to climb above Bolton. And Bolton have now got this Ipswich-Sheffield Wednesday double coming up. So this is the, the squeaky bomb time, really. Yeah, and I think before the, the weekend, you know, people were looking at the, the matches that other teams had to play. And I know a lot of people were looking at Barnsley and saying, well, they've got a lot of the top uh, top half to play. Yeah, they've played two and won them both. So they're winning their games at the moment. Uh, Derby, are, yeah, have, have, have struggled a little bit recently. And I think Derby and Bolton are very similar where, you know, because I, I I watched the highlights and I think it said that Ipswich had won three in a row for the first time since like October, mm. whereas Bolton and Derby have been on long runs of winning games and now are stumbling a bit. I think it's I think it's all in context of if Bolton would have had the Portsmouth game a few weeks ago and then Markham this week, then suddenly you're winning three games, lose, win three games. It's you're still on the same points as what we are now with yeah. with us, you know, not winning the last two. So. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I just I think credit to Barnsley. Uh, Ipswich seems to have hit form, so they're probably if they beat us on Saturday, that's the top three sorted in my opinion. Well, maybe Barnsley would have something to say about that. 
But I think for us, I think it's, as I said, just keep our heads above Wickham. I know Peterborough have won the last uh, uh, one, but they've they stumbled, so we're still heads above their water. Same with Wickham. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm confident. I think even though we've played a couple of games more than everyone else, I don't think there's any problems of us getting playoffs. Um, but it's whether with Dar- Barnes' game is in hand and with Ipswich are going, it's whether we can finish him a top four and get a, a home second leg. I don't, I don't know whether that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the tables now and, uh, you know, people are talking about Peterborough still being involved. Do you include Shrewsbury or Portsmouth in that? Because, I mean, Shrewsbury have had a great season, comparatively speaking. They, they seem to be losing a couple of games now. Pompey lost the other night. But I think anybody in that top 10 could still theoretically make it, I suppose, in over the course of I mean probably you've got 12 games to play yeah uh, they could do um, you know and I, and I think Peterborough could do but I, I just think you have, to, you have shown... to say that though don't you well I do yeah but, um, <laughs> but I think uh, I don't think Shrewsbury I think they've done very well but I and they've got a great point at Derby but I think they'll they'll tail off hopefully it'll be around the time we play them in a few weeks but um, yeah I, I don't know I just think I think it's. I just think we'll be fine. I think Wickham are our main contenders, um, and I think with their new manager, they'll sort of struggle. They'll they'll be up and down in terms of results. So I think we'll be all right in the end. Well, you heard it there first, folks. Henry says we'll be all right in the end, and if it's all right for him, it's all right for me. Um, and to be fair, Ian Edver has been very very relaxed about it as well. All these games in hand, he's definitely one of those that says. They'd rather have points on the board now than face a busier march. And uh, well, I mean, I caught up with him at the press conference this week. This is what he had to say on the playoff race. The next three games, we've got as big a test as you can have with first, second, and third um, in the table, which is a brilliant challenge for us to to go and express ourselves. This, you know. I've said it loads, but pressure's a privilege, and if you'd have asked all of us, every Bottom Wanderers fan, at the start of the season, you'd have 10 games to go, and you'll be in the playoffs by six points, and you'll be in a cup final at Wembley, I think we'd have all snapped your hands off, so um, yeah, let's just enjoy that we're in the mix at the business end of the season. Okay, it's that time of week where I ask Henry to dive headlong into the Bolton news and pull me out some pearls of wisdom. It's the headlines. News. Well, the main thing on everyone's mind, including mine, we're six minutes away from going on uh, sale to club members. Uh, Wembley tickets, 18,000 after seven days. Um, do you think? I know you were asking people on Twitter this week. Mm. How many do you think we'll we'll sell? Do you think we're on target, or, or should we have sold more? Or should I, I be even surprised? Um, I, I think I've been a little bit surprised that there weren't a, a few more off the season tickets. I may revise. Originally, I think a couple of weeks ago, I said thirty thousand would be where I'd be looking at. I think I'm going to revise that and say about twenty-seven to twenty-eight thousand would be. One thing that a few people have brought up with me. And I think is a fair point is that it's an expensive business, obviously, especially the way the travel is at the minute with with being unable to get uh, trains and things. Uh, There is a possibility of another Wembley 
in a couple of months. And mm. a few people may just be thinking about that, maybe thinking about playoffs, uh, the extra cost that they'll, they'll incur. So, you know, it's not necessarily the be-all and end-all. Um, I do think the ticket prices are very reasonable for the Papa John's Trophy. I think if, you, yeah. if you're going to do Wembley, especially with kids, I think it's a, it's a cracking uh, a cracking occasion. And obviously, um, Bolton will be well-supported regardless. But from what I'm hearing down in Plymouth, it's the same situation. Uh, the ticket sales went, went to the season ticket holders and it plateaued over the last few days. So they've obviously um, got a little bit longer um, now to... to to diversify and go into general sale. Um, I think there'll be a big spike now with members like yourself uh, clamouring up tickets. I know you're uh, you're grabbing a couple this morning, live on air. Um, yeah. But what about you? I mean, the, the, the estimates that I got, uh, probably lowest end would have been about 24, I would have said. And then there's still some people saying they're going to sell out on 38. I'm, I'm still not getting that. No, I, I don't think we'll sell out on 38. I think even if all our season ticket holders came and brought some on with them. It's still only 34. And I, I don't know. I think uh, I, I think we're probably looking at, and I think I said it a few weeks ago, I think 26, 27. I think that's where we'd get to. I think Plymouth will probably be about similar. I, I mean, I don't know or care, actually, how many they bring. It's it's all uh, Twitter arguments who brings more fans. But yeah. yeah. Um, it's you a know, very, I, it's a very modern argument as well, isn't it? I, did, was it always like this? I'd love to know whether before Twitter, people used to gather around a pub table and, and argue about how many fans you took. It just, it seems seems daft me uh, to me. Um, you know, surely it's quality over quantity. Yeah, um, and and you know, for Plymouth's sake, it's what their third time they're playing at Wembley in their history. So of course, there is going to be more of a clamour for it. But anyway, um, yeah, I I, uh, I think about twenty six, twenty seven, and I think that's fair enough. I think the overall attendance, bearing in mind it's two third tier teams, um, is going to be approaching sixty thousand, which I think will be is a brilliant advert for the league. And if it wasn't for Portsmouth and Sunderland's whatever it was, hundred and fifty thousand, you know, modern day white horse final that they did in the Papa John's a few years ago. Uh, I think that would be a very respectable, um, you know, attendance. So, uh, so yeah, I've, I think it, it doesn't really matter. It's and it's. I think the difference that you mentioned there about the playoff one. I think what I'm looking forward to on this one is, even though I, I obviously want Bolton to win, and I think it'd be brilliant if we do. This is more of a. I think that if we got to the playoff final, that's there's more on that. It's more of a. a there'd be probably more nerves around it. Because it's mm. getting promoted. This one, if we lose, you've just got to put up with banter on social media, um, which again wasn't there years ago. So, is it was it for the better when you could just leave the stadium and never talk about it again? I'm trying to remember actually after this Stoke game whether or not there would have been. I was certainly on Twitter, but I don't remember it being a particularly horrific time on social media. Maybe it hadn't mm. quite taken off at that point in time, or or maybe I didn't care enough about it. I didn't live my life yeah. around it. But um, yeah, obviously there's a ghost to be exercised. I keep on saying that, but I do think it's more about, without being too glib, it's more about celebrating the fact that the clubs still here and, and 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 heading and going places and feeling better about itself i think that's that's the good thing about this final as you say it's not going to be the end of the world if they don't win the game um but the very fact they're going to one of these showpiece 
showpiece in inverted commas, but, you know, showpiece events at Wembley. They're going to be, you know, a, a big day out for everybody. I think it's a time to celebrate the fact that Bolton is still here and, and, and going well. So, yeah, I hope I hope there's a big spike and 38,000 uh, tickets go. Um, I hope they don't go before you get to the front of that queue, Henry, because <sighs> as I'm talking, we are just about to tick over to the opening. Drum roll, please. Actually, I don't know how long this is going to be because this could be absolutely ages, this drum roll. Oh, no, let's not bother. Let's just move on to the next headline. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm still 236th in the queue, so I've got a while. <laughs> um, well, the next one, this is uh, good news. Uh, I think we, we kind of felt it was coming, but it's nice that uh, Owen Toller will be getting his um, his his debut mm. Northern Ireland cap, and that'll mean we've got three players, as it stands. We kind of Bradley and Dion Charles in that team. And it means that I will, if Northern Ireland are playing at the same time as England, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be watching Northern Ireland. I said the same thing. I said the same thing. In fact, actually, I've got something planned on that weekend. So, unfortunately, I can't go to Windsor Park, but I was I was looking to get over there and, and watch the game um, and go over and see it myself. But um, the, the, the San Marino one, the first one, uh, the, uh, the Finland one, rather, Um so yeah, I mean he's he's got two games potentially to make his debut: San Marino and Finland. Uh, a Northern Ireland squad that's got a lot of injuries; they're missing some big players as well. So there's every chance. Uh, Ten o'clock's ticked over. By the way, it's now officially open. The ticket sales are officially open. Um, but yeah, totally, totally deserves it. I mean, look, he's come from the League of Ireland, where he was well established, and they, you know, a Northern Ireland were well aware of him before he came over. He played at youth level and under-21 level for Northern Ireland. So it's not a massive surprise, the fact that he's now playing regular football in League One. Um, but I think he's, to his credit, he, he's adapted so well. He's, he seems to be improving. And, and I'll take more come out of that equation because he had a bit of a stinker, actually, on uh, Saturday, mm. all things uh, being said. But aside from that, um, he's, he's barely put a foot wrong. Uh, foot thoroughly deserves it. And again, we, we talk about these assets and... You know Morley and, and players like that 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 Bolton own and are going uh, are definitely increasing in value. But I think he's going to be as soon as he starts playing international football, he's going to be right up there. Yeah, um, yeah, I think he's uh, he, he's certainly. I, I mean, when he signed, he's he's old enough. He's not like he's seventeen. I, no. I don't know what I um, you know what I really expected from him, but um, you know, I think that. I think he's definitely, he's yeah, he's come good. He's he's surprised us all. He had to come in during the uh, around Christmas when, um, you know, when he's uh, out, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think for for that, I think um, you know, he's he's definitely he's took that role and, and he's made it his own. And I think that's the biggest compliment to him is that we have got very good defenders and we had very good defenders. At the start of the season, it's not like he's come in and suddenly we stopped conceding goals. We haven't conceded any all season, but um, but yeah, I think he's uh, yeah he's definitely um, deserves his opportunity for Northern Ireland, and it'll be good for him as well playing with Dion and Connor Bradley because he'll have players there that he I mean no doubt he knows other players as well, but players that he knows and um, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to him playing. I think they've got San Marino, so that should be quite a. A simple match for him to negotiate. You, could, you probably couldn't have many better 
games for one of your first matches. No, you could probably play that one in slippers, to be fair to him. Um, actually, I did catch up with Tolly at the press conference and I asked him what the international call-up meant to him personally. Um, Ian Ebert was saying that, that Michael O'Neill's obviously come watched you, talked to you and sort of guided you through that. Is it, have you had a, a kind of an idea that you were in his thoughts and that if you did this, this could happen? Um, you can, I kind of knew that in, the, in the back of my head that if I was playing, as you see with Connor and Dion, like mm-hmm. as, if I was playing in the team that I would have a, like, a good chance of getting called in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't really full-on focusing on that I just wanted because obviously coming over here I wanted just to get into the team and mm. uh, and, and play regular football because mm. I suppose you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself and you know run before you can walk I suppose, yes exactly that's the thing, yeah. but I mean you've got to be you've got to be very very pleased with the way that well, the way the team's played since you've been in as well but the way you've played personally yeah I thought I've um, I've done I've done I've done well in some games I've, some games uh, I've probably got my eyes open I haven't played as well uh, but I'm learning mm-hmm. uh, every game and something that I, I'm always trying to learn as much as I can and, and, and progress on the, the following week I love interjecting those little uh, little player clips in it feels rather professional all of a sudden <laughs> yeah uh, which is surprising for our podcast yeah true and, and even though as we sit here now I haven't actually spoken to him so he may have said something completely different he may have actually refused to speak to me who knows <laughs> I'll have to do a real editing job on that one let's have some more headlines that we can definitely talk about Henry <laughs> uh, yes well um, you know we, we've been keeping an eye on the B team for the season and um, we've been seeing the, the results they've been having we've not really mm-hmm. seen many players come through one or two that have been on the bench but Ian Everett's been talking about it this week Um I mean, what's he said and, and what do you think of this B-team plan? Yeah, um, I think it's it's panned out very similar to the way I thought it would do because it was it was pieced together so quickly. I think when they decided they weren't going to step up, back, step back up to Category 2 and do a, an under-23s team, I think that... Because that would have been a more expensive way of doing it. I think this the, the B-team was probably more cost-effective um, and didn't... You know, have too much of a sort of gambling element about it, but they obviously had to recruit a whole squad virtually. They had you know a handful of players that were ready to play the Adam Seniors and Max Conways of this world, but um, they had to recruit a, a, you know a dozen players from all over the place, held trials and all that sort of stuff. They actually had to get a coaching staff together as well. The kind of the schematics of training and where people would be based and how things would be worked and joining the central game. Everything had to be done at a very short space of time. So I think once that was appreciated, we knew this was going to be a season where it didn't work to the way they wanted it to. Um, it's been a test season, for want of a better word. So I think they've done okay, and, and I think there's been a couple of success stories. I think the Nelson Kumbeni we've seen come through, he's played a bit in the cup, and he's, he's been on the bench a couple of times. He looks like he might be sticking around and and, and really pushing to, to get included next season. Um, Max Conway, I think, is, is, is a player I think I expect to do well. Uh, I, I think uh, young Sam Inwood as well. Ian Everett was talking him up. He, he really likes the look of him. There's another left back there, another another full back. Bolton do quite well with that position at the minute. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of others as well that have, you know Connor Stanley, uh, Connor Carty, gone out and got loans elsewhere, um, and 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 getting that sort of experience. So I think the you know it's it's not been 
it's not been blockbuster. It hasn't been kind of like too eye-catching so far. But I think now that they know what the the system is like, now that uh, Matty Craddock has got his feet under the table and he knows what his squad's like, I think this summer will be interesting because they're going to... And somebody made this point to me on Twitter, which I think was a good one, is that um, is that the first team have evolved at quite a rate. So if you're going to get players moving from the B team into the first team, you almost have to increase that quality as well. So they are going to have to step up significantly this summer if they're going to bridge the gap. Or is it, you know, it doesn't just want to be there for the sake of being there. You're going to have to have that conveyor belt of, uh, and get that one or two players going in. So I think... They also have to step up in quality and match the way that the first team's gone. We always knew it'd be a work in progress. I think that the they're not going to come straight into the team, are they? Let's face it. You know, it's it's these players, the waif and strays from other clubs uh, that have uh, uh, that have come in, and um, and yeah, I think it's uh, it's a, it's going to be in the next few years. But there's one or two, like you said, that you know have, have come through and played Papa John's matches or been on the bench in the league and. And hopefully we'll see more of them. And uh, I, I noticed you were talking about a uh, 17-year-old fullback this week. Yeah, really, Sam Inwood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, there's clearly a few that, um, uh, that he's, you know, he's got his eye on. And, uh, and this is it. This is what we want to be. We want to be a, a team that feels we're not having to go in January and spend, you know, and bring in six or seven players. We've, we hopefully should have a few players ready to step up in the next few years from the B team. Give us another headline, Henry. Um, well, let's well let's. You weren't, let's ready. You weren't ready for that, were you? I caught you unawares. I've won. You, you did. <laughs> no, I'm I'm currently trying to pick my tickets for Wembley. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll leave you to talk about this one, Mark. Well, I uh, frantically start pressing dots on a stadium. Um, Ahead to this weekend, we've got Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday next week. Then we've got a break before the Plymouth game. Um, Ian Everts said that he doesn't fear either team. I mean, you, how big are these matches for Bolton? Is it more of a putting a marker down and getting a bit of confidence back, or, or could these could this be a pivotal week for us? Well, I'm under pressure to kill some time now, so maybe I should answer <laughs> that question slowly and, and really let it ruminate. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand what he said. I think a couple of people, as per norm on social media, have uh, have. Uh, kind of leapt on that sort of comment that he doesn't have anything to fear. I mean, what he means by that is that I think he, we, we said before about Morecambe and, and teams like Morecambe, the smaller pitches and the, the sort of aggressive pressing teams. Um, I think physically Bolton do struggle a little bit, especially I think in midfield when they play up against that sort of team. But when you come up against a team who are going to, Come to Bolton like Ipswich will and play their game. They're not going to. They're not going to try and cancel Bolton. They're going to try and enforce their game on Bolton. Um, and there's the subtle difference. I think Bolton have come up against a lot of teams that have tried to cancel them first and then, you know, get their way onto to things. Um, so I think Ipswich will come and play football. It is obviously a big pitch and that they're used to that sort of thing. Um, so I think it'll be the type of game that will suit Bolton's players, particularly the midfield players more. Sheffield Wednesday are a little bit different, of course, but you're going to Hillsborough, so you'd think that they are the onus is on them to play. Um, we'll talk about that a lot more next week um, because the podcast will be coming out on the day of the game. Uh, but I think Sheffield Wednesday 
you know, they're going so well, there is no reason for them to change their ways to, to match up with Bolton. So I think that, that Ian Nevert knows what he's getting into in both cases. He knows he can... He, he knows exactly what he's going to be doing. He, I think Morecambe threw a surprise at the weekend, the way they set up in the first half. And I think that did have a big impact on the first half an hour because they were trying to figure out exactly how to get in behind them. Never really succeeded, in my opinion. Um, but I think with Ipswich, I can tell you now how they're going to play. They're going to you know, be a system very similar to Bolton's. They use wing-backs very well. Uh, the, the lad on the left-hand side, uh, Leif Davis, has been absolutely brilliant this season. Um, slight injury doubt. I hope he doesn't pull through because I think that would be a, a big blow for, for Ipswich. Um, but yeah, I think all things considered, I can understand what Ian ever said. Why would he fear that? You know, he's, he, he has great faith in his players. He's tried after that Morecambe game to keep the confidence you know, up, he, he put a bit of a brave face on it all because it's all about confidence in that team. We said that before. Yeah. They they struggle when they're not confident. Um, have I gabbled enough, Henry? Have you got your tickets yet? <laughs> uh, you have. I've got my tickets. I've got to say. Have you been right, to the final I... yet? I feel like I've been asking that question for like 25 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> um, I have got my tickets. Case Sarah. I am off to Wembley. Um, the bottom, I mean, we're saying this now. I mean, the amount of screenshots that will be sent around social media, everyone will know this anyway by the time it comes out. But yeah. I think the the whole bottom tier is sold out now. Oh, um, so I got free tickets. I've had to go into the into the gods a bit. Um, so, yeah, we're starting with that. So I think they were a quarter of the way around uh, in the gods. But um, so, yeah, I mean, we... I'm guessing right now, we were talking before, I said they've done 17. I'm guessing as we speak at 11 minutes past 10 on Thursday morning, I probably would guess they're definitely past 20 now. Because mm. the amount of times I had to, I pressed, by the time I'd pressed three seats on that Wembley map, it came up going, sorry, this one's no longer available. <laughs> right, I'll go to the next three. The third one. Sorry, this one's no longer available. So I'm finally there. So, uh yeah. Well, well you're good. there, but it's just it just reminded me you're going up in the gods at Wembley. Are you going to be packing some paper so you can throw some paper aeroplanes down? And can we is there a, is there a possibility of getting some buff aeroplanes being thrown down onto the pitch? Yeah, we need to make some buff merchandise for uh, you know, some narpigs or oh, you, you know. know I've looked into it and we've we we are I, I think we are still looking into it, but it is a it's a logistical nightmare. It took it took me long enough to get some prizes, like the winning uh, prizes for mugs and things like that, to get some of them sent out. Um, <laughs> to be able to turn around some Norpigs in three weeks is practically impossible. I'll tell you that. But uh, we, we we are looking into flags and things like that potentially to to be given out with the supplements. But that is a work in progress. No promises. No promises, of course. Uh, and just to give my answer on the what you were talking about, mate, I forgot what I was talking about. What are you on about? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's for me. It's more of a putting a marker down week. I don't. I don't if we, even if we won both games, you know, the yeah, the promotion talk's still back on. I think realistically, it is the playoffs that we're going to be after. Um, I think for Bolton's where we're going to be in the playoffs. I think we can't really answer that until probably after the Plymouth game when everyone else is caught up in terms of their games mm. and then we can start to look and think well we can get in the top four or you think well if, if Barnsley win their games in hand we'll be nine points behind them so that's probably too far um, but I think you know especially Saturday at home 
um, you know, I, I, against Ipswich. And uh, I think if we can win that, I think that'll be a massive, a massive win going into that Sheffield Wednesday game, which I thought, to be honest, that Sheffield Wednesday game, I know they're playing really well. I've just got a funny feeling we might get a result, you know. And I don't know where it's coming from. I, I've got this weird... You're just talking there about the, the who's, why's and wherefores of the playoffs. Do you know what? I don't care who they play. I genuinely don't. If they, as long as they get to the playoffs, I don't think I care who Bolton play. I, and I know no. Ipswich are one of those teams that could be there, and we're talking about Barry Knight in a bit and, and all that sort of stuff. But I, I just think, you know, you, you give Bolton two games against any team, any team in this division... And, and, you know, they've got a chance. Because it, it all resets. It doesn't matter where you finish. You know, once the playoffs start, as long as they get themselves in there, I fancy them. Go for it. I've, I've just had a sudden wave of optimism. And it may be that I've made I've put too much squash in my uh, podcast juice here. And <laughs> I'm just basically, it's just a sugar burst, maybe. But I know suddenly I'm, I'm fancying this. Yeah, Mark, it's on. I've got my Wembley tickets. I'm confident. We're going to win the remaining 10 games plus Plymouth, plus all the playoff games. And then in the summer, we'll be doing a podcast talking about trips to, I don't know, Everton. Trips to Luton, yes. <laughs> yeah, the dream. Bolton are back. We're going to Luton. <laughs> Give me another headline then. Uh, right, just to, two more to round off this, uh, this uh, elongated headlines while I get my Wembley tickets. Um, the first one being um, that now Bolton have got a bit of a break. We've been playing Tuesday, Saturday for a long time. Uh, it seems like we've played 29 games in a 28-day month last yeah. month. Yeah. Um, but will time now on the training ground, is that going to help Bolton, do you think? or, or um, I mean, cause Just a, a side note, remembering that in the League 2 season when we got promoted and we went through a stage of playing Tuesday, Saturdays there, we won every game. And then it's like, oh, we you just got the momentum. Now that we've dropped a few points, is it going to be better just having that time away on the training pitch? Yeah, I think it was it was slightly different in League League Two because there was there wasn't the same sort of tactical variances in League Two. I think you're coming up against the same sort of team pretty much every week, and they'd found a way of of coping. And they were all they were all one nils, weren't they, at that time? Mm. Um, but it, it, obviously it's slightly different here and you're coming up against different types of teams. But it's been a really hard month. And I, I know what Ian Everett's saying, that when you have these sort of spells, you know, he doesn't have the same input. Uh, you can Some players, I would guess, knowing some of them, um, are good, good at taking in information and some of them probably aren't. Some of them probably mm. need to be out there running around you know, dodging in between cones and and whatnot, whatever you do on the training ground nowadays. Um, <laughs> I mean, th- that's that's the thing. So you know, you play, everybody learns things differently. Uh, so when you've got one day to do everything to prepare for, let's say a Morecambe, some of the players will grasp what they need to do, and some of them won't as much. And you could see, I think, in the first half at Morecambe, where Morecambe had thrown a, a curve ball, and they they. Uh, they pressed a lot higher. They've been a lot more adventurous, let's say, than um, than we probably expected them to be. And so, because they were playing further up, and they were they were, I don't like going too far into the the modern football parlances, but pressing man for man, they 
Bolton had to go a bit long ball. They had to go a bit direct. They had to put the ball behind. And for some reason or another, it took them about half an hour to figure that out. And, and Ian Ever is literally grabbing players off the pitch and saying, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. And it's weird that it should take that. Um, it's weird that maybe they do lack sometimes. And I think particularly when Kieran Lee isn't on there, they lack a bit of football intelligence. Mm. Um ability to change games while they're on the pitch without having to be coming in at half time and get you know changing the plan. So that's that's what I think will change when when the game slow down and he's got more time to work with them. I think that will have an I hope that has an effect because then you know obviously things are going to finish up quite nicely in the season because it's pretty much now one game a week between uh, between now and and the bitter end 10 games. Yeah, um I and I think that's that's hopefully where, you know, we look at the, the rest of the teams now and we see um, that if they've got games in hand. That's, this actually could be a masterstroke from the, whoever organises the fixtures because at the moment it looks like, oh, we've, we've played all these games and teams have got similar points to us and got games in hand. Bolton are going to be having that time on the training ground, working on stuff, relax, you know, just relaxing, recuperating. Whereas these other teams, like a Barnsley, now are going into March, having played, they'll play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Now they may get the momentum or it, they may, in a month's time, have what Bolton are having now, where they're just a bit tired, uh, which could come at the wrong time. So, yeah, it's uh, hopefully it'll, it'll do them good. Uh, the Finally, finally the, the final headline is, uh, and I love this one, JJ Kocha is a cartoon in Nigeria. <laughs> Yes, I think I'll try and get the theme tune uh, inserted here. If yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see whether or not I can I can get that cleared. But uh, yeah, in Nigeria they've managed to um, to create a cartoon based on JJ Okocha's childhood, um, in which and according to the synopsis, uh, he gets special powers um, from the animal uh, the animals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds weird, but then most cartoons do when you write them down. Um, yeah, I, it looks fantastic. The theme tune's fantastic. Um, you know, the animation's a bit uh, a bit rough and ready, um, but you know, it'll do. I, I'm looking forward to seeing whether or not they, they they the episodes appear on YouTube or anywhere I can find them because I I don't have one of those giant satellite dishes that gets Nigerian TV. But you never know. We might we might find it somewhere, um, and. I mean, would you watch it, Henry? I mean, I know, I know you're old and grizzled now, but would you watch a JJ <laughs> cartoon? Uh, yeah, I still love a cartoon whenever, um, and uh, a, a JJ one. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that I'd, if if it became on. Maybe it could maybe Wanderers TV could do a deal, and they could show the JJ the cartoon uh, in between. What a good matches. Idea. Yeah, can you imagine oh, that? Neil, like, some early programming. They used to put like you know CITV used to come on when you came came from school. Uh, yeah, before before games, you can put the old JJ cartoons on. It'd be brilliant. Yes, uh, Neil Hart, if you're listening, there you go. Yeah, it's my idea though. That's uh, it's, it's trademarked, Mark Isles. Um, yeah, I actually put a thing out on Twitter um, asking for other cartoons that could potentially be uh, Bolton Wanderized. Um, and I came up with some really terrible examples, like uh, King of the Keith Hill. Um, but which was I, I genuinely did think for about 10 minutes thinking oh what can I think uh, and that was the best I came up with um, but they as usual I got completely 
killed by the fans um, in terms of their 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 very strong punning. It was brilliant. Do you want to hear the? Do you want to hear my top five, and then you can give the the official buff order of merit number one choice. Okay, so Go I'll on. give you I'll give you five options. Okay, number one choice is uh, Jamali Guy. Jama, Jamali <laughs> okay. Guy, yeah, yeah, it works. Um, number four. Sorry, well, I'm doing this in reverse order. This is stupid. Anyway, uh, Postman Patalainen. Nice. That's 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 the favourite so far. Next one, uh, Farrelly Odd Parents. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think it's great. Uh, next one, uh, Beavers and Butthead. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. And then, uh, and this was my favourite. I don't want to tinge the vote in here, but Scooby Doof. <laughs> uh, they're all they're good ones uh, I can't even think of it's too early in the morning I've just got my Wembley tickets for me to think of uh, <laughs> think of any but um, yeah I Postman Patalainen is a favourite I, I think Farrelly Odd Parents is good but that's going to go in at four for me and I'm happy for any of the other three to win um, but you know as it's your favourite let's go with Scooby Doof I don't think you're going to Scooby Doof I think that, no. Uh, it, it, I was thinking, how how can I possibly work Doofy's head onto Scooby's body and put it as the podcast artwork? I I have not found a suitable or culturally acceptable way of doing that just yet. <laughs> so I don't know whether or not it's going to make the edit, but who knows? Who knows? It might do. We might find a way. Um, <laughs> we could just replace the heads of all the gang and have like Marcus as Velma or something. It'd be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, right okay uh, the emails have been stacking up so I need to get rid of a few let's read a few of the bad boys out is that Philip Moresh emails actually some great stuff coming in about the Papa John's Trophy final, by the way. Uh, people, how they get into Wembley. Uh, how, you know, some of the memories they've had at Wembley. Some superstitions at Wembley. So keep them coming in because we're going to read them all out in the build-up to the final. But a few of the ones that I needed to address a bit quicker than that. This one's from Brian. Uh, Buenos dias y Mark and Henry from Castella in Spain. Oh. Uh, uh, our international audience groweth. Um all, by the way, top of the show, I mentioned six continents last last uh, week's show was listened to. I, I was looking at the, the global sort of reach and uh, six different continents were listened to every week, Henry. Isn't that, doesn't that make you feel small? <laughs> yes. Sat here in my, in my uh, living room in, uh, in Swinton. Yeah, it makes me feel very small. Yeah. Incredible. But I uh, don't know where the guys from Antarctica are, obviously. Uh, but not as big in Antarctica as it might well be. I might have to do a bit of uh, advertising over there. Um, anyway, after the euphoria of the semi-final and the workmanlike win against very good Port Vale side, I wanted to touch on a subject you gave airtime a couple of weeks ago. It's time-wasting. For some time, I've thought there's quite a lot to be learned from the refereeing and control of rugby union. The respect rugby players show the referee is a big area where football can learn from. You don't see a cluster of players surrounding the referee after an incident because it's not allowed. Normally, the two players concerned and their captains, if necessary, the only ones a referee will talk to. 
The other major factor is when an injury or incident, the referee signals. Uh, sorry, when there is an injury or an incident, the referee signals a timeout and the clock stops. It starts when play resumes, and if grounds introduce a digital clock that everyone could see, there can be no argument. Um, time wasting with free kicks, goal kicks, throw-ins, etc., should be given a limit of thirty seconds. Anything longer, the fourth official stops the clock. And it would stop deliberate abuse of the rules. Let's mm. hope the FA and AFL take this matter seriously. It's an entertainment industry, and as punters, we should get our money's worth from 90 minutes of football. Keep the good work going, Brian. Totally agree with you, Brian. How about you, Henry? Yeah, I agree with him. I think the I like the idea of everyone having 30 seconds to, uh, you know, to uh, have a free kick or a goal kick or whatever. My only worry with that is that teams and in. I mean, if you're defending a lead, teams take two and three minutes anyway. But I think teams would then intentionally take 30 seconds as a breather and then just look at the clock. And then as soon as it hits 30 seconds, take it. I think it become a bit of a. It could become a bit of a like a pantomime. Um, but I, I, I think something definitely needs to be done. The irony is, is that we'll probably get promoted and then be in a league where we actually need to uh, defend the leads and, and yeah. time waste a bit when all this will come in. But, um, but yeah, I think this season, I, you know, I think of the Charlton game, the Burton game, it's become a joke, to be honest. And, um, and yeah, like I've said before, I, I pay to watch 90 minutes of football. I don't pay to watch 47 minutes and then somebody stood on the side with a you know, ball taking a throw-in for the rest of the time. No, I agree. I agree. I will take a little bit of an issue with the, the refereeing in Rugby Union, though. Uh, both my sons play Rugby Union, and I've heard stuff. <laughs> I've heard stuff. That, I've heard stuff, man. Oh, man. <laughs> You'd never believe it. Uh, yes, uh, I'm not sure necessarily the respect is always there with the uh, Rugby Union officials, um, uh, particularly with the parents. Oh, God. But anyway, anyway, I digress. Um, yes, I do agree. Something needs to be done with it, and I know they are looking hard into it for next season, so fingers crossed they get on top of it. Uh, the next one's from Phil. Dear Mark and Henry, I'm sorry that to be the harbinger of doom on your cheery podcast, which I genuinely do enjoy each week, but I think a lot of Bolton fans are overlooking the crucial stage that the club is currently approaching. Football Ventures bought the club out of administration in 2019 with Sharon Britton talking about a three-year plan, which was presumably interrupted by COVID. Has there been any official confirmation from Sharon Britton and the board that they intend to continue the funding beyond this season? Looking around at some of the budgets that are reportedly much larger than our own, do Football Ventures feel they need to find additional funding to ensure the club moves towards the championship? Kind regards, Phil. So... Um, has there been official confirmation from Sharon Britton? I'm not sure she's ever officially said it, but I think Neil Hart said something um, yeah. at the Supporters Trust thing that they were they were on board and not looking to move or, or change things at all. Um, I will try and dig that out somewhere and maybe retweet the article in case you missed that one, Phil. But I think, you know, you, you would imagine that Neil Hart would say, would only say that if it was it was true and worth saying um but you do make i think there is a good point there because let's just say that bolton do not get promotion and that everything we've been saying for the past 20 odd minutes has been has been uh, wrong um <laughs> yeah and all the optimism just gets dropped out of the podcast uh yeah if they would stay in league one and you get another set of presumably bigger budgets, clubs that drop down in, let's say, a Wigan or, you know, the Rotherhams or, you know, Sunderland, I don't know, whoever might be down the bottom end of that um, that division. 
not Sunderland, <laughs> but uh, to big budgets. And there are already big budgets here. You could you could easily see a Derby, uh, an Ipswich, stay stay out Charlton's. You know, to big clubs down here. It's getting to the stage where you're not only having to kind of uh, look at the championship for where you're going to need to investment, but you're possibly looking to push the boat out even at this level of football. And I know Mm. they they do preach about sustainability and doing things the right way. Uh, But is it a gamble? Yeah, I I still believe, and I think... You know, we said this at the start of the season. I still believe that um, Bolton need three years in League One to just sustain. Mm. Uh, I think we'll be... If we went up this year, as great as it would be, I do worry about how we're going to do in the next league with the the budget as it is and the overhaul of the team that they would need to be. Um, But, you know, I, I think... I think when you, you know, I was talking to a mate of mine who's a Port Vale fan the other day. Uh, yes, there is, there is one. Um, <laughs> but he was saying that the problem they've had this year is they got promoted too early. So even though they've done very well, they didn't really add anything in January because the the board are ahead of where they, they thought they would be. Yeah. And I think that's the case for, that would be a case for Bolton. Just by a year, but I think that would be a case for Bolton if we got promoted this year. I think if we stayed in the league next year, I think we'd go for promotion, even though we'd have the likes of, you know, probably Wigan and Huddersfield and Blackpool coming down. But um, I think then we'd be in a better position. So I think it's a fair point. No one really wants to talk about it because no one wants to, I don't know, go to Wembley and think, oh, actually, I don't think we (laughs) I don't want us to go up. (laughs) But um, I think it's a a good point. And yeah, I I don't know. I think... um, I don't think the club will ever admit that, but I think it's yeah, definitely a, a something to to perhaps think about. I'm sure it's it's something that football ventures think about as well. Obviously, they'll have lots of different plans and A, B, and C. So uh, I think an element of trust has always got to exist. I completely get that fans of this football club in particular will always look out and try and stay ahead of that particular curve. Um, and, and forecast any problems down the line. I, I totally get that. The scars are not going to heal that easily. Um, but so far, so good for Football Ventures, I think. Um, right, last one from Gareth. Hi, Mark and Henry. Hope you're looking forward to Wembley. Well, Henry is now. Um, <laughs> I am now, yeah. <laughs> by the time the next podcast comes out, I should have my ticket booked. That's if Ticketmaster lets me. Um, it seems to be behaving itself, Gareth. Um I wanted to ask whether or not you thought Ian Everett might look towards the European market this summer, especially if the club gets into the championship. We've got a proud history of picking up foreign players at that level, especially from Scandinavia. But Chris Everett and Chris Mark- sorry, Chris Everett, <laughs> Ian Everett and uh, Chris Markham seem to have their favourite ways of doing things. And do you think it will be the UK and Ireland or nothing? Keep up the best BWFC podcast around, Gareth. Um, that's interesting. I- because, you know, the the way that uh, Ian Everett and Chris Markham have scouted players has, you know, it's often stirred up debate amongst some of the more traditional Bolton fans. It's it's very much data-driven and, and we know that, you know, they, they use uh, IT uh, analysis, video analysis a lot more than they do going and seeing people in the flesh. You would think that that would give them access to a much wider range of players as opposed to just looking at UK. Um, 
potentially, I suppose, there's a gamble involved in bringing in foreign players and hoping they settle and all that kind of thing. Um, do you, do you, can you see a, a time where Bolton go back and bring in the, the Johanssons and the Fransons? Is, is it even that world anymore? I think there's, there is... Um, it can be, and I think there is markets. You look at uh, Celtic and what they've done in Japan. I don't think yeah. for a minute we've got the finances to... Uh, you know, to to do that um, and get plays from Japan, but I think there's there are untapped markets, if you will, that they could potentially go to. So I think if we find that, and I'm sure they are looking, then yeah, they could be, and uh, and we could build a build a team on it. But um, you know, I think with Bod Varson, we've seen that 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 sort of market, that that type of player, well suits Bolton. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll have to, uh, you know, hopefully they're working now at it. But I think on the whole, you know, they, they've done a very good job in recruiting players. Um, you know, since Chris Markham's been there, so you can imagine whichever avenue they go down, it'll hopefully continue to be the right one. Yeah, be really interesting if uh, Chris Markham turns up in the summer with just a, a great long list of Lithuanian stars that he wants to bring in and Bolton, <laughs> Bolton become the new Lithuanian. I suppose Northern Ireland. I mean, Northern Ireland. They've, they've, they've brought in Toll. Um, we know Ian has yeah. got connections over there, so maybe that is Bolton's new new Iceland or new Denmark. Who knows? But uh, good email, Gareth. That gives us something to think about. If you've got anything you want to add to any of those emails or any topics you want to bring up, here's how to get in touch. So you want to bring something up on the buff? Email Mark and Henry on the buff mail at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-B-U-F-F-M-A-I-L, all one word, at gmail.com. And sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. Okay, we are shoehorning everything we can into this episode and seeing as it's Ipswich next up, we thought it was time to bring back an old favourite. Yes, the Orpington official is here to darken our door once again. Anybody who doesn't know how this works, I mean, you've not been listening from the start because this was on every week at one stage. Um, Both me and Henry nominate something that's been all right and something that has been Barry Knight. And the Cockney rhyming slang there is very deliberate. Um, (laughs) Henry, do you want to go first and pick an all right or a Barry Knight? Um, I tell you what, I even though we're fifth in the league and everything is rosy, I don't really have a good one this week. So if you've got a good one, you can go with that and I've got a bad one. Okay, well, I'm going to go for my all right. Um, I'm going to mention my Baronite in a minute anyway because it's, it's something that's very personal to me. Um, but uh, my all right this week is that I got a good look at the Papa John's Trophy final ball. Ah, okay. Uh, I've seen it up close and personal, manufactured by Puma. It's oh. very nice. It's uh, red and green. And I can also tell you that Aaron Morley can spin it on his thumb like a Harlem Globetrotter. Right. Well, can he can he put in a free kick from 30 yards with it? That's what we need to know. Um, it was uh, it, it was a little bit it was a little bit tight. The space we were in, uh, I don't think he could do a great deal with it from that point of view. But um, no, it looked like a nice ball. It looked, Do you know what it looked like? It looked like great in the back of Plymouth's net. Plymouth's net. Yes, it would. Uh, red and green goes well together, doesn't it? 
does it? Well, Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, style, <laughs> colours and styles with Henry Hewitt will continue after this break. Uh, yeah, go on, Henry. You've got a Barry Knight for me. Well, my Barry Knight is I'm sick to death of teams playing well against Bolton and then getting hammered against our rivals, Portsmouth. <laughs> what what happened this week? They were they were they were the Harlem Globetrotters last week, yeah. and then suddenly they lose to Barnsley, Burton. Burton, come to our place. We've got to get a last-minute goal. Uh, but no, when they play Ipswich, they get stuffed. Like, is it Bolton or is it other teams? I don't know, mm. but it's annoying anyway. Yeah, I think Bolton just knacker them out quite a bit and then they, they can't do anything next week. So, Morecambe, let's test this theory. Uh, I think, uh, have Morecambe played in midweek? I can't even remember now. Um, but anyway, mm. Morecambe's next game. They should be should be aware, beware rather. Um, I'm going to mention my Barry Knight before we uh, kick off this little bit um because it, it was very it's it a very emotional time in the Isles household household this week um because my olympic stadium pen has finally died oh from the west ham cup game no from the uh the athens friendly in 2008 wow this, this pen is 15 years old uh i nicked it from the stadium um and i'm pretty sure what was it called the statute of limitations? I think that's that's run out on this one. I can't get I can't get uh, expedited for it at all. Um, so yeah, um, I, I nicked it from there. I've had it all these years, but I went to scribble something down the other day, and it was dry as a bone. So no. it has now shuffled off the mortal coil. It is now an X pen. It's in the <laughs> bin, um, but uh, it's, it's 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 served me really well. I've I've scribbled down some of my very best notes with that pen. Um, it, it would have been with me when Gary Megson asked me to ignore the fact that Gary Cale had been sent off and not write about it because he might get banned in that game. <laughs> Brilliant. <Is> that, <laughs> that's, that's a day before social media for you. Well, yeah. I didn't want to tell him that actually we were live blogging the game. <laughs> <Still>. <laughs> Sorry, Gary, I can't really do that for you. But anyway, um, yes. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm not the only journalist here. There's about 20 other people up there that have all mentioned him being sent off. Uh, but never mind. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's the end of Barry Knight there. We may bring it back again next week. We, I hope it's not any of the uh, stuff connecting to the Ipswich game, though. Um, a big game this weekend, uh, Ipswich coming to the University of Bolton Stadium. So let's let's kick in some predictions. Pass us me crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time. Let's talk about Ipswich, who have won the last four. They've not lost many recently. They're in the form of the season, effectively. And, you know, I mean, they're a good footballing team. I think it will be, as I said before, a game that kind of suits Bolton and brings the best out of Bolton, hopefully. Uh, the best out of people like Aaron Morley. And, and, you know, if Josh Sheen gets another go, a footballing midfield I can see succeeding on Saturday. What, I mean, Bolton's home form, and, and I spoke to one of my opposite numbers at Ipswich, and the first thing he said is, "Oh, Bolton's home form is incredible. Not, you know, not lost since October." And it kind of sneaks up on you a little bit, but yeah, Bolton are really difficult to be at home. Yeah, we are, and um, I think is it the Oxford get? Yeah, they are, that Oxford, which was a random game, considering how both teams have done since it. But um, yeah, Bolton. I, I think the cornerstone of any uh, good season is your home form, and. Uh, you know, obviously we've had a good one, but um, yeah, I, I 
I it's going to be a difficult game. I think it's uh, Ipswich can are more than capable of coming to our stadium and win. I think whereas we've been used to this season, barring the Port Vale game, actually teams just come and. Uh, sit back and, and let us play. I don't think Ipswich will do that. I think it'll be an end-to-end game. I think they need to be right on the money. Um, and I think for that reason, it'll probably be a draw. So I'm going to go 1-1. Yeah, I, I was going to go 1-1 myself, but just to make it different, I'll go two apiece. But would you... Would I mean, if, if Bolton were to beat Ipswich, and let's say, for argument's sake, they beat Sheffield Wednesday as well, would you... Still be writing off the automatics? Um, probably not, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I think at that point, I've, I think we'd be on sixty-nine points. And uh, you know, with ten games to go, we're on sixty-three. And realistically, you need to be in the eighties, don't you, to be yeah. uh, guaranteed a playoff spot? So that's that's six wins uh, from the remaining ten games, which Bolton are more than capable. Of, even if we lost the like, next two, yeah. and we've only got eight left, they're more than capable of winning six. Um, I think. I am still confident. I would, I would still be confident if we lost both games that we'll get in the playoffs. But it'd be more fifth and sixth. So we'll await and see. There's good, you know. I know it's a cliche, but there'll be twists and turns. And but you know, as much as Bolton have struggled the last two games, it really wouldn't surprise me if we went and and did well in the next two. Uh, and then after that, of course, suddenly it opens up because the only team in the top eight we've got to play on nine is Shrewsbury at home. The rest are all, uh, yeah, they'll be fighting at the bottom on mid-table. But, um, you know, suddenly you're then not having to play the teams around you, which Bolton have been better at, at mm. winning games when we're not playing those teams. Yeah, yeah. I'm just getting bored of trying to predict it. I'm, 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 I'm in for the journey now. I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to, to let it go, watch them play, enjoy the games, enjoy the fact that this is the first time for a while that... that Everybody's been in. I mean, the, obviously the promotion season was was great, but I was the only guy watching it. It felt like times because there was no fans yeah. there. It was difficult. Everybody's on behind computer screens and not seeing the same game as I am sometimes. Um, so it was a, it was a weird detached type of promotion. Um, it feels more akin to the, the Parkinson promotion of 2017, where you just feel like there's a good thing building. Um, and it's been a while since we've talked about playoffs rather than being automatic. And, and I, mm. I like the idea of it. I like the idea of the showpiece finish to the season. Um, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm going to go to a piece on uh, on Saturday. Um, and then I have got that sneaky suspicion at Hillsborough that they might sneak something. But we, we'll, we'll probably see how that goes next week and w- whether or not we're still feeling optimistic. Um but you, you just don't really want... Do you want Ipswich in the playoffs? I know I said I didn't care before, but would you want to be writing about Barry Knight on the on the eve of a playoff? Uh, well, I'm not writing it, so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I think it would lay the, lay the ghost of Barry Knight should we beat Ipswich in the playoffs. And I, I think what's what's interesting is for, for a generation of Bolton fans and above, so my generation, you know, I'm 32, Bolton in the playoffs... I've seen actually three times before. Uh, yeah, three times before. There's a whole generation of Bolton fans because we've not been in the playoffs in 2001. There's a whole generation that have never seen Bolton in a playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So I think the excitement there, especially amongst them, will be uh, will be massive. So it'll be a huge event. And yeah, Ipswich, 
Let, we'll play them. We'll play them away at Portland Road, second, uh, and we'll get. Uh, I don't know. Darren Drysdale is the new. Ipswich podcast in twenty years will be doing stuff about Drysdale or whoever else. Neil Hare. Neil Hare, who by the way is the referee on Saturday. Uh, oh. Just a sh- just a shout out to Neil Hare, who was uh, he never made up with him. He, we're all good with Neil Hare. Neil, if you're listening, you're our favourite referee. And he has got a great hair on him as well. Oh, amazing hair. Amazing hair. But uh, mind you, everybody's hair is amazing compared to mine. <laughs> um, okay, before we toddle off, Simon Woods, who, of course, does a superb job on the music for this very podcast. He's uh, composed a tune to see Wanderers off to Wembley. And I guarantee, I guarantee is the only song anywhere that mentions the name Dean Crombie. Um, if you've got any... FA Cup, uh, FA Cup, no, Papa John's Trophy final emails, uh, songs or poems or haikus or thoughts, uh, then, uh, well, just get them over to us on the email the address that we gave out before because we will be recording some very special podcasts in the build-up to the final. Uh, everything you would like to listen to on the way down to Wembley Way, no matter how you are getting there, planes, trains or automobiles. Um, but we'll bring more about that next week. Until then, I have been Mark Lever. Five-star review, please, Isles. And I've been Henry, uh, should I go with SpongeBob Taylor Squarepants or Looney Craig Noons Hewitt? Looney Craig Noons. Looney Noons. Good grief. (laughs) Um, Take it away, maestro. Right, sell.